Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. For coming to us, for coming to this earth, for coming to share your love, to share your grace, to show us how to love, for coming to us so that we might know what peace and love and joy could all be in our lives. Lord, as we come to worship you this morning, we ask that you'd come to us again, that you would fill us, that you would challenge us, that you would allow us the opportunity to step forward and to proclaim you as the Messiah, the King of our lives, even as those did on that first Christmas morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time of year. Open our minds and our thoughts to you as we worship you together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 2. We're actually going to read just verses 8 through 18. Um, this is one of those passages that I'm sure you've heard uh, over and over and over. Even if you're not a church person, uh, you've probably heard this one uh, if you've ever watched The Peanuts Christmas, right? Um, and that's the one that always connects uh, with me uh, to see um, it's the guy with the blanket, Linus. Linus, as he wraps the blanket around his head as a shepherd, and, and uh, that's the story that we celebrate here this morning. The scripture says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word pray together. Almighty God, thank you for a chance to open your word uh, on this uh, first Sunday of Advent. Open us up to your word. Open us up to your spirit. Open us up to your being that we might respond to you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your house and to take just a couple moments and open your word and reflect on what you say to us. Lord, forgive us for the times when we don't listen Forgive us for the times when we don't respond. This morning, Lord, make us aware of your spirit, your calling, and be ready to respond to you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you that you allow me to speak um, your word, and I pray that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except by your incredible grace. We ask, Lord, that you would receive all the praise and the glory, for it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. (laughs) 
All right, listen up, boys. Y'all want to be good sheep herders and all, don't you? Two things you need to know. Number one, stay awake. And number two, you ask questions. You know, Benji, Benji, don't have to ask questions now, all right? No, well, I mean, you can ask a question. I mean, you know, if something don't look right or, you know, if you've got a strange feeling in your gut, then, yeah, ask a question. For example, uh, that, that night when all those angels visited, yeah, well, everyone else was asleep. Not me, I was awake, just like my daddy taught me. Darn right I'm bragging. That's what separates men from the boys, son. So like I said, I was sitting there by the campfire, wide awake, and I just got this flutter in my gut. Like you know something's gonna happen, like something big's gonna happen, but you just don't know what it is, you know? I think that's it. You just don't know what you don't know. But I walk over that rise, and then bingo. I'm looking at the biggest, scariest angel I ever did see. Not that I ever saw one, you know. And you know what the first thing out of that angel's mouth was? Don't be afraid. Too late. (laughs) And then that angel just got this nice look on his face. He said, "Uh, I've got a message to tell you. And then that big old angel said, a baby got born tonight. And he's going to save the world. And then a mess of them angels came around and they were saying, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. That's what they just kept saying. And then they was gone. Well, I don't need to tell you that we don't get invitations like that, you know, being crusty old sheep herders and all. But we went to Bethlehem and I met that mama and that baby boy. I think they were a little shocked to see us. But we told them about the angels and all. I think that tickled her pink. And then we all just kind of stood there, just making sure everything was okay. Kind of like when a new lamb is born. And about the time he figured out everything's gonna be fine, he just settled in and you just kind of take in the whole thing. That's what we were doing. But this was different. Because underneath that big bright star, we was watching the world saving baby. And we got to brag on him a bit. And Benji, This old soul, it's been awake ever since. What was it like? What was it like to be there? To be on that hillside in the middle of the night? And All you want to do is sleep. You ever have those experiences where you're about ready to doze off and something happens? So you're driving along, and all of a sudden, you hit one of them stinking rumble strips, and your eyes just boom. All of a sudden, 
you're wide awake. I remember uh, when I was in college, I, I took a, uh, I was working nights, going to school day, during the day and driving 45 minutes, well, 30 minutes home after school. And uh, so one, one day after school, I'm driving home and, and I'm just dead tired. I mean, I'm really losing it. And I'm only four or five minutes at the most from home, but I, I just can't do it. And there's a rest area. And I start to pull into this rest area. And, and as I was pulling in, I, I remembered that they had just busted a whole bunch of people in this rest area for doing things they should not have been doing anywhere, let alone in a rest area. And that's the last thing I thought of as I pulled up. And I stopped the car and I was asleep just like that. All of a sudden, I hear a noise, and I look, and in my driver's side window, there's a face plastered up against the window. I hadn't shut the car off. I flipped it in reverse. I backed out of there as fast as I could, started heading down the road. Now, if there had really been somebody there, I'd have killed them, but I was dreaming it all. (laughs) But you know what? I was wide awake the rest of the way home. And the funny part was, I got home about a minute late. I I couldn't have been there more than a minute. But boy, I'll tell you, my heart was pounding. I had my hands on the steering wheel, and I was flying down that road. I was going to get home, and I was wide awake. You ever have those kind of experiences? Those shepherds hanging out in the fields every day, every day. You know how it is. You go to work, you do the same thing day in, day out. I mean, you know, once in a while, there's... Something here or something there, but it's really kind of the monotonous uh, monotony of life. And all of a sudden, boom, angels. I loved what the shepherd said. The angel said, do not be afraid. And I said, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how that must have gotten his pumping? You know the story. You've heard the story hundreds of times. I We've shared this story 20 times. Do you know that? This is the 20th time we've shared this story together. The story about the shepherds and the angels. What new could be said? You know, it's interesting, uh, the, the song that we sang, What Child Is This? It was actually a poem that was penned in, in 1865, and it was penned by a guy named William Dix, and, and, and he called it The Manger Throne. And what happened was in, 19, or in 1871, uh, some people got a hold of that poem and they took just the first three verses and they set it to a tune called Greensleeves. And it became that song. And it was published in a, I love this, it was published in a hymnal, basically, uh, that was entitled Christmas Carols, New and Old. And I thought, yeah, they sang about shepherds and angels. How is that a new story? That's old, but it's new, but it's old, but it's new. You know why it's new? It's new because that child, when, he, when that child came, that child came not just back then to those people. That child comes to us even today. So the question that's asked is vitally important. What child is this? Who is this child? I'm way behind in my PowerPoint because I, I got off on other things. 
Whose child is this? What child is this? Who, who is this child? And how does this child even affect our lives? Can you imagine the shepherds hear the announcement? And I, I, would, I would love to have seen their faces when the angels were gone. And how long did it take them to, to kind of recover from that experience? I mean, we read it and it's just one sentence. But I, I got to imagine when the angels disappeared, they all looked at each other. And somebody finally had enough guts to say, did you see it? Right? I mean, it's not like angels appear every day, right? Did, did, did you see it? Did, did, did you see what, what I saw? And finally, some, you saw it too. I thought maybe I was going nuts. And then they had to begin to talk about what, what was it that angel said again? A baby? In Bethlehem? A child? The Messiah? The, the, the Messiah is born? Why would God come tell you? <laughs> now, I wouldn't say me, right? I'd look at the other shepherd. Why would God ever tell you about the birth of the Messiah? Look at you. Think about shepherds. Do you know anything about shepherds? Shepherds were kind of rough. They were rough around the edges. They're not your high-class type of person. I mean, you know, shepherds are regular working folk. Shepherds weren't formally educated. Shepherds were educated because they worked hard, and when they worked hard, they learned, and they learned from each other. When the shepherd said this morning, I did it just as my daddy taught me, that's the way it worked. They didn't sit down and study the Torah every day like many of those who were educated did. Instead, they would sit there and look at the stars and say, hey, look at those stars. Tell me there isn't a God. They'd look at creation. They'd say, holy cow, look at that. And they would see the sunrise every morning and watch it set every night. And they'd see that and they'd say, tell me that God isn't alive and well making all this happen. You can't tell me these things just happen. You see, it's educated folk uh, that have this formal education that try to explain all this stuff. People who are regular folk just look at it in awe and say, isn't that awesome? Look what God does. You see, these shepherds, they hear the announcement. And because they're shepherds, they have plenty of time to reflect on what they hear and what they see. And I wonder what it all meant to them when they heard the angels say, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom God's favor rests. What does that mean? I don't know what that means to you. I, uh, I, I would, I'd love to spend some time this morning. We just go around and ask everybody, what's that really mean to you? You see, because you just read it every Christmas, and, and sometimes you don't ask yourself the question, what does this really mean to me? But you see, the shepherds had to ask that question. What did this really mean? They sat around, they began to ask the question. 
If God has called us, has announced this to us, then what is this child? And now they're wide awake. Who is this child to a shepherd? This child that was born. Who is this child that that the shepherds uh, receive this announcement about? How do they understand who this child is? That's what we need to figure out this morning because I think it'll begin to open up for us who this child really is in our lives and who this child is to us today. That we might, you see, that we might wake up. Who is this child? Well, it's Philip, obviously. It's good to have Philip in worship this morning. God bless Philip. So who is this child? Stop this. Just stop a minute and ask who this child is to the shepherds. Well, the shepherds needed a leader. You see, the shepherds understood that sheep need to be led. Sheep cannot find their own way, you see. Sheep would like to find their own way, and sometimes they go off and try to find their own way. And when they do, we say they get lost. And this is what happens. When they find their own way, they become vulnerable. And they find themselves in trouble. And they find themselves headed in a direction that will destroy them. And the shepherds understood that the sheep needed a leader, someone they could follow, someone that they could, that they could find hope in. You see, the shepherds understood that the flock of Israel was lost without a king. And they knew that they needed a king, someone who would give them direction and leadership. And they knew that not just because they were smart, because shepherds were incredibly smart, and not just because they were shepherds and understood that the flock needed a leader, a a leader that would take them from danger to pasture land, a leader that would, would lead them to places where they could really experience the fullness of life. They knew that not because... Not because they were smart, but because they knew enough about the songs of Israel. We call them Psalms of Israel. And you may remember that one psalm. The Lord is my, what? Shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23. An incredible psalm that talks about how God is going to come and he's going to be their shepherd. He's going to lead them, what? Beside the still waters. And by the way, I still believe that leading beside the still waters is leading them beside the danger. Because you see, still waters was dangerous. All the crud of the stream would land in the quiet waters. And lead them through what? The valley of the shadow of death. For those of you who don't know that song, I encourage you to open that up someday through the valley of the shadow of death, where the danger lay. God, the good shepherd, would lead them through. You see, they needed a leader, and not just through the hard times and by the danger, but the best part is he's going to lead them in the house of the Lord forever. You see, they understood they needed a king who could lead them to places where they would be safe and secure. One that would lead them through the struggles, through the trials. One that would lead them to a place. A place where they could dwell with God forever. You see, that's the kind of leader we need. 
Because you see, in the midst of our world today, we face danger on every side. And we face times where it becomes very difficult to know which direction is the direction to go. And you may find yourself trying to make decisions about life, where I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to live. And you may be struggling with those decisions. I encourage you to allow the king of kings to be king of your life and say, I'm going to do what God calls me to do. I'm listening and I'm going to follow because if you follow him, you'll find your way through the danger of this world and to a place where you can be with him. Now, that's not news, is it? Very important to remember in our world today. I'm excited when people decide to follow Jesus. Because I know what it will do in their lives. Because once you decide to follow Jesus, he begins to lead you in paths that you never thought you'd go. And when you begin to follow Jesus, you begin to understand that in following him, there is peace on earth. The shepherds needed a king. They watched their friends and neighbors struggling because they were living under a foreign king. And that foreign king took all that they had. And they found themselves struggling with, with the laws and the rules and the, the struggle of, of leadership. And they realized there was a lack of leadership amongst God's people. They needed a king. They needed God to be their king. We live in a world that really lacks leadership. You look at our government. I'm sorry, what a mess. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying it's a mess. You can be Democrat or Republican. You're a mess. There seems to be a lack of leadership. No one stands up and says, this is the right way to go. Everybody stands up and says, well, this is what I think everybody else wants me to do. That's not leadership. That's following the crowd. The leadership we need is the one who's out in front saying, this is the way. This is the way to go. The shepherds needed a king. And God sent Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the King, to lead them. But that's not all the shepherds needed. You see, the shepherds needed a protector. Shepherds understood about this. This is very important. Shepherds understood that when you were out in the field, your job was to protect the flock. As a matter of fact, it became so dangerous that if a lion or a bear would come, you were responsible to make sure that flock was okay. As a matter of fact, you would step in between the flock and the the wild animal and you would take them on. And this wild animal would be hungry, looking for a meal, not easily dissuaded. It wasn't just that they waved their arms and yelled like I do when I see a bear in the woods. This This is a bear or a lion that's hungry. And they're not easily dissuaded. And the the shepherd would understand that they would have to risk their lives for the sheep. And they would attack the lion. And they would attack the bear. And we know that David did this. You remember when David was going to face the Philistine? 
And Saul said, you're just a boy. And David said, a boy, nothing. I'm a shepherd. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm a shepherd. This is what he says. He says, look, the Lord rescued me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. He knew that he could trust in God. And because God would protect him, he faced the lion, and he faced the bear, and he protected the flock. And shepherds understood that the flock of God's people needed someone who could protect them, who would stand up for them, who would stand in their place, who would bring hope and joy and peace into their lives by standing in the breach. When others would come to attack, who was going to stand for them? And of course, the worst of all was when the evil one would come to attack. Oh, I know, we don't talk about that anymore. But the truth of the matter is that Satan is alive and well and out to attack the sheep of God. And he's looking for those who have kind of wandered off so that he could attack them and make sure that they couldn't find the peace and the love and the joy that God has for them. He's looking for them. And Jesus saw them wandering away. And God, I should say, God saw them wandering away. And he sent Jesus so that they could be brought back to to God, back into the flock. And this is how he did it. You see, he was willing to lay down his life for the sheep so that they would be saved. And when the evil one came, Jesus stood in the gap. And when the, the accuser, Satan really means the accuser came to say, oh God, those people that you call your people, they're horrible people. You say they're good people, but I watch them. And I remember when they do those things, especially around Christmas time, you see, because the stress begins to build. And as the stress begins, but you watch them, God, you watch them. Because you see, they'll go to the store and that clerk won't be nice to them. And those people that you call your people, they'll get up in the face of that clerk and say, but the, the, the liar says. They'll get up in the face of the clerk and say, you need to say Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. Kenny doesn't care what they say. You see, the stress will increase and and all of a sudden they won't even treat each other nicely because they'll be struggling to get everything done. And you see, God, those people that you think are so great, they're really not all that great. And God will look at him and say, ah, but you don't see what I see. Because you see, Jesus is going to stand up in that moment. He's going to say, listen, Satan, I don't care what you say. I died so those people could be forgiven. And even when they treat others wrongly, I will forgive them. And I will cleanse them. And I will make them pure again. And some of them, you watch, some of them, because they've been forgiven, will begin to forgive others who treat them poorly even under the stress of Christmas. And when you see that happen, when you see that happen, don't forget that I not only died for them, 
but I rose again from the dead to protect them. You see, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what Jesus has done for us. And because Jesus has done that for us, you see, we have this protection around us. That doesn't mean we won't face suffering or trial. Jesus did face suffering and trial. Why would we expect any different? What it means is that in the midst of that, we will have not only a leader king to get us through that, but we'll have the Lord Jesus to surround us so that when the evil one comes to attack, he will stand up in our place and take the attack. So that we can continue on and experience the good things in life. You see, when struggles and trials come, they attack us. And as we stand for Jesus, Jesus begins to transform those things into things that are filled with joy and with peace and with direction. So that we can experience God in the midst of the struggle and the trial and grow in Him. And by growing in Him, be able to have a shepherd in front of us. You see how it all works? Jesus did this when he was getting ready to, to lay down his life for us. He sat down and prayed for us. John chapter 17, incredible chapter. You can hear Jesus praying. It's awesome. And this is what Jesus says. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You see, in the midst of trials and struggles, too often we, we, we begin to succumb because we think life is too hard. Life is too difficult. I can't go on. It's not fair. How many of you have parents that said to you, life's not fair? Raise your hand. Yeah. Welcome to life, right? Life is not fair. But the good news is Jesus is fair. And when those struggles and trials come, he leads us through them and he gives us the strength to stand. And on, on the other side, we begin to see the joy that he had for us even in the midst of the trial. Stay with me. The shepherds needed peace. And the only way to have peace is to have protection, right? I mean, one of the struggles we have in our countries today, not just our country but other countries, is the terrorist threat. Right? I know people today who, who won't uh, go to a place where there's a lot of people because they're afraid, what if a gunman should open fire? And we used to think that if we came to church, it would be all safe. But we discovered a number of weeks ago that people uh, come in, and this isn't the first time, right? Uh, that people come in with guns sometimes and, and shoot up churches. Did you feel safe when you walked in this morning? <laughs> could it happen here? It could happen here. It would be a little different here, I know. But it could happen here. So how does God protect us? Well, he protects us on the inside, right? Because when you have faith in Jesus Christ, even if they kill the body, they can't destroy the soul. And so in the midst of that, we see God's grace and God's mercy beginning to overflow. And I read, I read an article this last week by the... Uh, an interview with the pastor of the church that was shot up in Texas. And he talked about his own grief. His own daughter was killed in that attack. And in the midst of that, he talked about how for years he's talked about comfort and given the 
the phrases that are supposed to offer comfort. And he says he begins to realize now that real comfort comes with being with others who are facing the same struggle and holding one another, crying, reminding each other that God has not forgotten us, that God is still here, and that God will walk with us through this, that there is peace. And for a moment in the chaos of grief, they sit together and find peace. Our world desperately needs to know the peace of God. They need a shepherd who will protect them. And then lastly, the shepherds understood that it was important to tend the flock. You can't just protect them. You've got to tend them. You've got to take care of them. You've got to feed them, and you've got to make sure when they wander off that you go get them. That's how you take care of them. And why do you do that? Because you care about the flock. You, as it were, you love the flock. You want to make sure they're okay. You're a caregiver of the flock. And so the, the, the shepherds understood that they needed to care for the flock, and they needed also to be cared for. They understood that that they could do all they did, and yet it could end up that they still needed something. And where were they going to turn? You see, they didn't have Social Security to turn to. They only had each other and their trust in the Almighty God. They knew that there were needs that they could not always meet. You know, one of the saddest things about Christmas is that people go hungry around Christmas time. That's sad. Because you see, the good shepherd wants to feed them. So why don't they have enough to eat? You know why they don't have enough to eat? Because the good shepherd has provided enough for everybody, and some of us take more than our share. We used to do a, uh, in Limor Falls, we used to do a poor man's Thanksgiving dinner. And that, that equated to, you got a piece of bread and some Soup, which was basically water that had boiled a a turkey bone for a while. And that was it. You know how many complaints I got? (laughs) This is Thanksgiving. Is this all we get? If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have come. And the funny part is, when we had meals, sometimes we ran out of food. And I always went last because I was always afraid there wouldn't be enough food. And I'd watch and people would pile their plates. They'd come up to the buffet and they'd look at the buffet. And if they paid any attention at all, they'd realize there wasn't enough food for everybody. But the first ones would go through and you'd watch them come and their plate is piled. They can hardly balance it. And they'd sit down and they'd start shoveling it in. And I'd get up to the buffet and all that would be left would be a piece of broccoli. Nobody else wants to eat that stuff either. (laughs) There'd be nothing left. And I'd go and I'd sit and talk to people, move around. And I always thought, is that the way my neighbors feel when they don't have enough to eat? And I'm sitting down at a Thanksgiving meal and I've eaten more than I should eat. And then find room for that chocolate pie afterwards. See, it's not that God hasn't provided. 
It's that we haven't always been open to share what God has given. I know. I know what you're saying. Well, those people could get a job and earn it. Yeah, I get it. You know what's interesting about that to me? My greatest need is salvation. You see, I have sinned and fallen short of what God wanted for me. And yeah, I could not have sinned. I could have done what was right, but, but I made a bad choice. And despite that bad choice, Jesus still came and died for me because he loves me that much. So why am I so quick to judge others when they've made bad choices? Where is my desire to love, to take care of the flock that God has given to me? See, when I was lost, Jesus came and found me. I had wandered off. I was doing my own thing. I was going to make my own way. I was going to show people that I could do it on my own. And I found myself lost and wandering around trying to figure out life. And Jesus came by. He said, no, I want to be your shepherd. When I said yes to him, He took me, put me on his shoulders. See, I was worn out and tired, and he carried me back to the flock where I would be taken care of. The shepherds understood that that's what God's favor is really all about. What's awesome to me is that God wants to favor us. He wants to favor you. When he sees you, he sees you as his child. He he wants you to experience his blessing. He wants you to know his love. He wants you to know his forgiveness and his grace. He wants you to know his joy and his peace. He wants you to know that he's your shepherd. But sometimes we're just... Sometimes we're just sound asleep. Sometimes we're just too tired. And the angel comes and the angel leaves. And we miss what God has for us. Yeah, I've read this story before. You see, we did this story last year about this time. And it's the same story every year. It only becomes new if you allow Jesus to come into your life and shepherd you. Then your soul will be awake. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming here this morning to meet with us. For your grace and your mercy that flows to us. Lord, there are some who this morning uh, were tired and as you began to speak to their hearts, they began to stir. But now, Lord Jesus, you're calling them to get wide awake. And to allow them, allow you to come into their lives and be their shepherd. Be their leader king. Be their protector. Be their caregiver. Show them what peace, 
on earth is all about, that they might know your favor day in and day out, that they might know that they are forgiven, that they might know that they have a place prepared for them, that they might know that you have a place to take them to live forever with you so that they can have peace and love and joy for all eternity, Lord, not just today, but the rest of their lives and for all eternity. But Lord, they're just, you're just waiting for them. And, and I pray this morning that that they wouldn't just wake up, but that they would stand up and follow you. There are others here this morning who claim to be followers of you, but have begun to fall away. They're following other paths, thinking perhaps that would be a path that, that would lead them where they want to go instead of where you want them to be. Lord Jesus, this morning I pray that they'd wake up before it's too late that they would begin to look your direction and hear the angels talk about what you have for them, that they might follow you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the good shepherd, for laying down your life for us. This morning, we stand for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.